This is Publishers Lunch for Thursday, December 1st. Among the 84 new deals for the day is Delia C. Pitt's Nothing Gold Can Stay, going to Minotaur at auction, and Argentinian illustrator and Washington Post contributor Pepita Sandwiches, A Good Cry, going to Verbaceous at auction. In today's news, the New York City Mayor's Office of Media and Entertainment, or MOME, released the results of its first publishing industry economic impact study, which significantly honors and underscores, quote, specifics on the industry's continued significance and contribution to New York City's creative economy, a press release states. Publishing is a signature industry for New York City and merits continuing and increased support from the government, the report recommends. Unfortunately, much of the study groups all of publishing together, including book publishing, along with print, newspapers and magazines, and digital journalism, plus bookstores, printing, and more, broken into four sectors, publishers, talent, which is independent content creators and higher ed institutions with writing publishing programs, print production, and distribution and consumption. The report focuses on the full year 2020 and looks at 2010 to 2020 for historical context. They also spoke with book publishing stakeholders at Hachette Book Group, The New Press, Melville House, the National Book Foundation, PEN America, and Bookshop.org. Quote, as evidenced by this study, the publishing industry has long been a jewel in the crown of New York City's creative sector, and supporting this economic engine is a core strategy of this administration's agenda, Deputy Mayor Maria Torres Springer said. We look forward to continuing to work hand-in-hand with the publishing industry to ensure they continue to be future-focused, inclusive, and supportive of local businesses and talent. The report found that, in 2020, the publishing industry was directly responsible for approximately 45,400 jobs, $5.5 billion in wages, and $23.4 billion in economic output. Book publishers accounted for almost half of the economic output, however, comprising $9.2 billion. In employment, they use two different measures that tell the same story, but in slightly different numbers. Book publishing jobs were nearly flat between 2010 and 2020, falling by just 200 positions to 11,500 jobs. By a separate measure, the Bureau of Labor Statistics quarterly census of employment and wages, book publishing jobs numbered 6,930 in 2020, down from 8,020 in 2010. Jobs at bookstores changed dramatically, however, declining from 3,200 to 1,400 from 2010 to 2020 in the first measure and going from 2,980 to 1,260 
in the BLS count. The report says that for print publications, a shift to digital presence, quote, reduced the demand for in-house art and design staff and led to reduced ad revenue. New York is still the biggest market for publishers in the country, though the number of jobs is declining here and nationwide. In the talent sector, creators are drawn to New York City because of its literary events and proximity to publishers, as well as the opportunity to do playwriting and screenwriting. However, the high cost of living makes it difficult for some publishing talent to establish a career in New York City. In addition, some freelance writers have expressed that they would prefer to supplement their income with full-time writing or editorial positions at publishing houses, which are dwindling, the report said. Overall wages in the broader publishing industry averaged 122000 per year in 2020, up from 94000 in 2010. The report cites the average salary in New York City is 99000 Here, they do break out specifics. The average salary at book publishers was 119000 and book printing was 70000 and at bookstores was 39,000. Independent talent averaged 81,000 with writers and authors making 73,000. The report echoed the well-known challenges of pay and diversity in the industry. Quote, despite the industry's relatively high annual average wages, low wages among independent talent and entry-level workers are common in the industry, it said. This, combined with the high cost of living in New York City, has been cited as a reason for low levels of socioeconomic diversity across the industry. The report notes that the industry overall was about 70% white in 2020, a far cry from New York City's population of 47% white. Publishing staff are 71% white, independent talent is 70% white, print production and distribution and consumption are both 51% white. The MOME also looks at the effect of COVID on the industry, including data from the first half of 2021. Between January 2020 and June 2021, jobs at book publishers fell 7.7%, and at bookstores fell 37.1%. The report includes recommendations for government initiatives to support the industry, including partnering with the Pulitzer Board and National Book Awards, supporting the development of bookstores in the Bronx, and the return of in-person book events and applying to be a UNESCO World Book Capital. In other news, after a preliminary review, the European Commission has formally, quote, opened an in-depth investigation to assess the competitive effects of Vivendi's pending acquisition of Legardaire. They are concerned that the proposed acquisition may reduce competition on a number of markets across the entire book value chain, as well as in celebrity magazines where the deal 
would combine Legardaire's Paris match with Vivendi's Gala and Boissy. Without modifications, the deal would combine the two largest book publishers in France. While Vivendi has said it is examining spinning off Editus into a separate company, that has been just talk so far. The EC underscores the company, quote, decided not to submit commitments to address the commission's preliminary concerns during the initial investigation. The investigation will run up until April 19, 2023, and they note that, quote, the opening of an in-depth inquiry does not prejudge the outcome of the investigation. But EVP in charge of competition and policy, Margareta Vestager, warns the transaction needs to be carefully assessed as it could reduce choice and lead to higher prices, less accessibility, and lower quality for readers of French language books and of certain French magazines. In the current regulatory climate, which has tightened scrutiny of concentration, the merger seems unlikely to win approval without actual concessions from Vivendi. In People News, at Penguin Random House Children's, Amanda Close is promoted to Senior Vice President, Children's Sales and Strategic Development, in addition to her current oversight of the Penguin Random House Special Markets Group. Starting January 1st, she will lead the sales efforts for Penguin Young Readers, Random House Children's, and the Penguin Random House Publishers Services Children's Imprints. Sarah Williams is promoted to Vice President, Special Markets and Strategic Market Development, reporting to Close. Her responsibilities will expand to lead the entire PRH Special Markets team. Esther Kajayuringa, previously an editor at Union Square Kids, has joined Alfred A. Knopf, Books for Young Readers, as an editor. For December picks, we have uh, both Amazon and Barnes & Noble monthly picks. And Jenna Bush Hager chose Donna Tartt's The Secret History as her Today Show read with Jenna pick for December. She said, quote, with a book as layered as a secret history, there's going to be new revelations every time you read it. I feel like this is the type of book that needs to be reread every 10, 20, 30 years, which I just cannot believe. Also, the buyer's pick at Costco are new editions of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, illustrated by Mina Lima, the design studio behind the graphic props in the Harry Potter films. And finally, we have the January Indie Next list. The ABA announced the January list with Deepti Kapoor's Age of Vice as its number one pick. This title, along with four others on the list, can be found in our fall winter buzz book sampler. That's the news for today.